Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. My name is Kevin Henry. Honored to be the host of this podcast and honored to be joined by a dear friend of mine today, and that is Christine Berry. Christine, how are you? I'm doing excellent. How are you? I am great. I get to spend time with you. Uh, it is it is a good day, so I'm really glad that you came on today. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about, but uh, before we dive into that, would you mind just introducing yourself to our audience? Oh, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. It's so good to see you. Um, it's been a, it's been a little while. So my name is Christine Berry. Um, I am a registered dental hygienist and an executive coach in dentistry. I've been in dentistry about thirty some odd year, years. And I'm proud of that. I used to hide that, but you know what? I I love dentistry. I love all about it. So um, what I have focused on, I'm still practicing clinically as a dental hygienist a couple of days a week. I have some practices I like to work in. Uh, Right now, I'm located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, And my, my side job or what I like to do when I work with teams and leaders is I've been focusing, Kevin, on inclusive leadership and looking at the different levels of diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging. And how that how does that show up in dentistry? Um, if it does, and hopefully it will show up a little bit more. So I um I, I've been I've been doing that. And I I have a website. Um, I'm a principal consultant with diversity, um, Dental Diversity and Inclusion Alliance. Um, there's a website. I'm very much on LinkedIn. So yeah, a lot of people can kind of find me and I'm still writing and all kinds of stuff. So I'm around. You're everywhere. And that's a cool thing. I'm really glad actually. No, we know inclusivity, diversity, culture, all these things are so important today. So tell me what can assistants do to really help reshape the culture of their practice? So that you, you know, inclusivity, belonging, all those things, they feel like that that's actually present in their practice. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think that for me, I started off as a dental assistant back when I was beginning my first three years in dentistry was a dental assistant. And I believe still, as I'm working in various um, DSOs and private practices, they, we, and dental assistants need to really entrust that they can empower themselves to create the change. I work with doctors who block off their days if their dental assistants have a day off. I've worked with doctors who have advocated for them to have more, you know, salary when it's been off cycle and we we weren't supposed to have it because that's how valuable they are to the practices. And so sometimes I do feel that they in collectively and generally not realize how important their voices are because they're sitting chairside next to the doctor owner or the partner or the high producer. And they have the ability to shape the culture of the practice in a very practical way, meaning and it's, this is just a basic aspect of it, is who do they include during the day? Who do they say hi to? Who do they not say hi to? Who do they may feel like, oh, that person, it's not necessarily a title either. Um, who, do, do, who do they may not have lunch with or may have lunch with, right? Who's the newbie on the block? How do you treat your temps? Dental assistants have that, I keep on saying power and influence to really bring a lot more conversations and belonging into a practice that I feel more than some even other positions like the office manager or the, even the hygienist because they're they're doing different things where the assistant, he or she, they're flowing everywhere. They, they touch everything in a practice. And if they have the empowerment to realize that what their voice matters and just acknowledging someone and saying hello to someone, that can make 
a huge difference in the course of your day. And, and I love what you mentioned just a moment ago, that it's almost a self-empowerment, that the dental assistants have to take this on themselves. They don't wait for somebody to touch them with a magic wand. You know, it's really up to them to kind of get the train going. Yes, yes. And I also think that this is a great little um, self-reflection exercise because we all can do it. Think of a practice or an environment where you were a part of that you really thrive that people spoke to you, that they talked to you, that they saw you, that you felt respected, that you felt heard at team meetings. And a lot of us can have those experiences. Unfortunately, at lately, a lot of us can have the opposite experiences too, that they were in an environment that they wanted to contribute to their highest level, but they didn't feel seen. They didn't feel respected and they didn't know exactly what to do about it. So having those two different experiences leaning to leading towards belonging and how can I be um, that for someone else is going to bring that back for you, for sure, for sure. I want to ask you, because we know that dental practices in a lot of areas right now are stretched thin with staffing shortages and whatever might be going on. And I know sometimes that falls on the assistant. I've heard about burnout and, and not feeling like they have the energy to put their best face forward or to even empower themselves. How do we prioritize that when maybe the schedule is kind of going wonky and, and we're doing maybe 10 different things that we didn't expect to do during that? It's not an easy answer, but the answer is to, to, to speak up, to really look at from a realistic standpoint. And if you, you know, working in a practice and prior to you were seeing 12 patients a day and now you're seeing 22 patients a day, that conversation can be had and can be structured in a very professional manner with the person who needs to have that conversation, that, with that person that you can have that conversation with. But that's the key, Kevin. It's really identifying in the practice who you should be taking time to have a coffee with or have that conversation with so he or she can help you real and help you realize that this is, this is not going to happen. I am going to be burnt out. I would be uh, one of those people who leave your practice if, if I'm raising my hand, I need some help and I need some balance. And again, identifying who is that person it could be the owner and may not be the owner. I'm not sure depending on each you know situation, but it's really having the self-confidence and the self-efficacy to, to speak up for yourself in a manner that is 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 factual and you just you can't do it. Um, and and what also came to mind with me when you asked me that question is how can you as a dental assistant be involved in the hiring process? How can you as a dental assistant be involved in the temps who come into your practice? Is there a way that you can look at your systems and you can streamline? So if you are using a lot of temps during the day, I've been in that world now, and so I have a different lens. Is there something that you can have with from a standard operating procedures or a checklist or something on certain cabinets that these temporary, these, th these temps who come in can page through and get up to speed very quickly? Um, it reminds me of a movie, and I'm not going to remember the name right now, but um, they, um, he, the, the dating movie that basically Drew Barrymore was in it. And every day, um, Alan, um, oh, what is it? Yes. And, this, and she watched like a recap of what their life was like. How can you initiate something like that so you don't have to go through the retraining of someone coming in every single day because it's exhausting? It's tiring having to go through that. So is there a way that you can speed that up through technology or through videos? And, and that can be empowering to yourself because you don't have to do that. But yet, you know, that guest um, assistant or hygienist, whatever you're speaking of, 
will get up to speed to know your practices. So it's really looking at where you can contribute. Um, and, and from an interview standpoint, there are people who don't necessarily, I, th- I believe there's a lot of good assistants or potential assistants that are out there that have not been given the chance because they may not look like someone else in your practice. or And, and that is a way that you can really open up the candidate pool and, and set up a set, you know, a certain set of questions, be involved with that. Let's get some point systems. So when we are evaluating candidates, it's not from a gut. They didn't, you're not looking at their zip code, looking at their zip code to see where they're coming from, whether or not you're going to hire them. And, and that's true. I said, how does that have anything to do with their quality of work or what their potential can be? So there's a lot of different ways that dental assistants can use their voice that way. You know, and I know so often I've heard in the practice, you don't want to judge your patients and whether they can accept treatment or afford it or whatever. But you're exactly right. We have to not judge each other and and really get to know each other and not assume you know something about somebody because of color of their skin, how many tattoos they have, whatever it is. And I think that's so much more important now maybe than ever whenever we're trying to find those people who can fit into our culture and be a part of it long term. Yeah, yeah. You know, Hammond, it's interesting. I'm going back and forth between culture fit and culture add because everyone wants to say, I want someone to be a culture fit for my, for my practice. And for me, being a white female in my 50s, for me, a culture fit would be another white person probably in their 20s to fit into my practice if that was my practice. Because I, because like, like likes like, it's similarity bias. It's, we have similar biases out there. And it's not good or bad. This is not a judgment conversation. It's how our brains work and how we were brought up. So when we're looking at that from a culture ad, what can someone else, as we're interviewing, as we're talking with temps, potentially, you know, to um, have them come on full time, what can they add to our practice? What's unique about them that we don't have in our mosaic right now that if we can leverage that, we're going to either have better case acceptance, maybe patient coordinates, maybe we're going to be able to, you know, uh, tap into a new patient base or a community that we haven't been able to before because we can establish more trust and more safety, psychological safety which is important for us as teams and being employees, but it's also important for our um, patients coming in. And do they see someone? I mean, does your team represent all the people in your community? And if not, why not? And how can we create that as well as fulfilling, you know, for the qualified candidates for your open positions? There's a lot of different ways. And dental assistants, they're the pulse. They, they know what's going on. And, and they have been there because they're sitting chairside with that provider. And so they know that and they have their ear and it's very easy to have those type of conversations just stepping into their power. You, you know, it's funny whenever I, I work with personalities on, or sorry, on practices with personalities and I hear, well, gosh, wouldn't it be great if everybody was just like me? And honestly, no, because then there's only one way of thinking. There's only one way of doing things. So there's never any of those outside ideas that are brought in. So I love the idea of making sure that Dell assistants help have a voice to make sure that there's inclusivity in the hiring process and that there's a difference of, shall we say, makeup in the practice yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, that. for sure. Because it's, it's let's be differences can cause a lot of problems, right? If it's not understood, if someone doesn't take the time, like you said, you know, from an assessment standpoint, really taking the time to find out level set where your team is at, what you want to add to your team, and then you have to relook at it so we're having a communication. I mean, there could be differences communications. There can be difference in the way someone thinks. You know, it's it's, it's interesting. A, a quick story working with the practice, and the the 
the doctor and and um, he he was a he uh, is a he and very very timely. Everything has to be done very specific. If you are five minutes early, you're too late, right? That type of mentality of of that type of very you know time is money that type of um, orientation. But the assistant that was working with him, her thought process was a little bit different. Her thought process was time was plentiful. So she wanted to be able to take and build those relationships with the patient. And when the patient was done um, and she dismissed it, she felt that she went and did a different task versus, say, cleaning up the room. And he was having a hard time thinking, well, why isn't she doing this? And she doesn't care. And we have to turn the room this quickly where she was doing another task. And it was just a matter of she was looking at time differently because she's saying to herself, I can get to that, but I can't get to this. And this is what my priority is. All they had to do is sit down and have a conversation about what his expectations and what her and but more or less she guided him because she's the foundation you know she keeps him going she's a traffic cop so to speak during the day so she said explain the reason why I didn't you know break down the room when Mrs. Jones left because I had to do this because he was coming in for for why and just explaining those conversations but that allowed her to have that voice and rather than just being frustrated or having that little you know, side conversations with team members and things like that. She was able to empower herself and said, no, there's a reason why. This is how I like to work. And it it worked out, you know, it worked out quite, um, you know, a few weeks of conflict was, you know, was uh, deflated very easily over just a conversation. It's amazing how communication and conversations can break down so many walls, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's fascinating, but we have to have the guts, like you said earlier, to have those conversations and to bring up those points and to, to maybe sometimes shine a light on something that maybe we don't want to talk about or even admit is going on in the practice. Yeah. And it's sitting, it's sitting in the right um, context and the time. You know, sometimes um, the timing of these conversations is very important. So do can I have, you know, 10 minutes into the next lunch hour on, on Wednesday? Can we just sit down and have a couple of things to, you know, chat with you about? If you've never done it before, you have to organize those butterflies in your, in your stomach in order to have that conversation or say that. Um, and he or she, your boss may think they're quitting and you're like, no, 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 I'm not quitting. I just want to talk to you about a few things. But after you work up that muscle, um, it can be a regular conversation. And that will go speak into what your question was before. Just those little small little steps will allow the, the scheduling conversation to come up and, and the time conversation, how we can best work together, what maybe technologies we can bring in so it can ease off some of the work the dental assistant. Or why don't we hire this person? They don't have necessarily A, B, and C that we need, but they have X, Y, and Z, and I can really lean on them for that while we're upskilling them to do something different. And they don't know that unless unless you share that with them, because you're because like I said, dental assistants are in it all the time. Absolutely. Well, Christine, I know this is something we could talk about for hours. I think, but uh, I want to make sure that I'm cognizant of our listeners' time as well as yours. So where can they reach out to you to pick your brain a little bit more, ask some questions, and maybe have some of those conversations to start further conversations too? Probably the easiest would be, um, and it's a long it's a long URL, but um, my website or my, my company name is Dental Diversity and Inclusion Alliance. So if you Google that, you're going to find me. You can also just Google Christine Berry. Um, LinkedIn is easy. Just send me a message on LinkedIn. Um, that's something. Or even Facebook. I'm on Facebook as well. So it's Christine with a K, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, and Barry, B-E-R-R-Y. And we'll put Christine's name, website, all that good stuff in the show notes. So it's going to be real easy for you to click on so you can further this conversation. If something's kind of piqued your interest, I want to make sure that you actually follow through on it. So Christine, 
thanks so much for the time and for being on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And, yeah, and anytime, just just reach out. I'm, I'm here to help anyone I can help. And Dell Assistance, you heard Christine give you lots of props, give you lots of credit for what you do in the practice every day. We love people like Christine who understand the value of Dell Assistance and want to help you have a better day and a better career. So until next time, you're on the Dell Assistant Nation podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is Kevin Henry signing off and wishing you nothing but success.